welcome to another episode of Downtime with Downstar, episode 111. And today we are sitting with Chris Tiber of Whoopie Doo Racing. What's up, guys? Did I say their last name? Yes. Dude, I did it. Tiber. 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 Chris, thank you for coming, man. Thanks for having me. You, um... You made a real long trip just for the podcast, Ron. <laughs> yes. I appreciate it. I drove here from Tennessee just to sit down with you. Tennessee, dude. Damn, that's a drive, man. And what'd you drive in on? My 96 Civic hatchback. Nine, that's crazy. D16 Z6. What's the name of that car? Posh. Like Spice? No. Oh. My, d- my dad made it up. Piece of shit Honda. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I like that one. Well, it's not a piece of shit, bro, because that car has got you around. No, it is. It's definitely a piece. <laughs> it makes its rounds, though. Yeah. So, for everybody that's not familiar with you, um, what do you do at Whoopie Doo Racing? I build uh, transmissions for Hondas and Acuras. All right. Both, uh, you know, just stock rebuilds and, you know, high performance. How long have you been doing that? Uh, Full time since 2007. Started it in 2003 when I was in high school. Dude that long ago bro yeah it's been a while wow that's awesome man good for you dude so how did you even start the company i started the company i was on honda tech already at that point and uh hanging out in the all motor forum and i uh you know saw like a a brand of cams that i wanted rocket motorsports so i like you know hey i hit him up i was like hey you know i want to become a dealer for you Mm -hmm. it's like okay you need a business license i was like well you know I'm i'm not old enough so uh had my mom get a business license you know i came up with a name started the business just to get a discount on parts for my car really never bought a single part for my car <laughs> i'm sure a lot of people have done the same thing yeah. dude. <laughs> like the diff i know a lot of people have but with me like i never you know sold a part at a huge discount just to make five bucks yeah everything's always been retail yeah 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 because you know i had jobs in high school but you know selling a set of cams and making a couple hundred bucks off of them you know that's a huge you know side hustle in high school yeah so where was that company out of uh they were out of uh los angeles really Mm -hmm. i think they're still around right yeah they're still kicking what's the guy's name robert martin robert Yeah. yeah he um he would do work around here at shops around here he actually tuned, he tunes. Yeah, he tunes. He tuned the heavy in the street TG. Yeah. Damn, that's crazy, dude. Yeah, I mean, like I'm full-time transmissions now, but I'm still a dealer for him, so. Uh-huh. I mean. Very cool, dude. So um, how did you know that transmissions was even your thing? What made you gravitate towards that? Uh, 2005, I graduated high school. The next day I took off for Iowa for the uh, Type R Expo. Uh-huh. And uh, that was my first track event with my car. And uh, I thought I spun a bearing or something because, like, the my last session on track, it started knocking. Mm-hmm. So I, like, babied it, you know, a thousand miles back home. And then uh, Whoa. got on Honda Tech, searched, and it turns out, you know, it was probably just a, a bearing in the transmission. Uh-huh. So, you know, I had, I had already ordered the, you know, full Helms manual for the car. Mm-hmm. So I uh, dropped the transmission out for the first time and tor- just followed the directions, tore it down, and replaced the bearing, put it in. I'm like hot oh, damn it works and that was the issue it was just yeah. the bearing for the trans and it's like man that you know i grew up building legos and it, to me it seemed like just building a lego just following the directions it was easy yeah 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 so you know i was like hey you know if i did that i can do something else like change the gearing or whatnot upgrade some parts mm-hmm. so I, I i think the first thing i did was i hopped on ebay 
and I found a brand new SRR 4.7 final drive for like 130 bucks shipped. Uh huh. And I was like, dang, that's crazy. So I bought it and then it showed up, you know, like two weeks later because it came from Canada. I put that in and like the acceleration difference was huge. Oh, really? Yeah, like the Civic hatchback, the Y7 hatchback transmission has a 3.7 final drive. Mm-hmm. So I'm going up a full number, you know, to 4.7. Yeah. And I mean, it was just crazy. And so then, so people listening right now, what is the difference for the from a 3.7 to a 4.7 like experience wise? Night and day. It feels like probably going from you know, like a just a complete like VTEC D series swap to like an LS swap. Hmm. I mean, it's night and day. Really? Mm-hmm. Like if someone was to get in the car and drive it, they probably wouldn't realize that it's a D series. It feels more like a B series. Huh. Okay. So what do you? Th- I'll ask you that later. I want to. I want to dive into more transmissions and things like that. But I want to figure out like how the business started so you do your transmission messing with these mm-hmm. gears and then when did you notice that you could turn this into a business besides having the business license so you could get discounts yeah. well uh this so this is like 2000 late 2006 now uh-huh. that i'm really getting you know actually i guess this would be early 2006 that i'm you know really getting deep in the transmission i've had in and out you know dozens of times um by the end of 2006, I've run almost every gearing combo that you can do for the D-Series. And that's just on your own car? Yeah, on my car. Just doing tests? Yeah, yeah, you know, change the setup, you know, drive out to Bristol Motor Speedway, run it down the drag strip, you know, compare the results. Oh, wow. That's every setup I do with that. And then I post the results on Honda Tech, and like so many people, like that thread got so much attention. I was like, hey, you know, this is... So this, on... This is what I'm going to do. On Honda Tech, what was your uh, screen name? Aquafina. Aquafina. All right, guys. If you remember, we got Aquafina on the mic. Yeah, pretty much every form I've been on, I'm uh, Aquafina. Just like the water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what made you go with that name? Oh man, this is embarrassing. <laughs> Let's hear it. <laughs> My first uh, username on the first form I ever joined. Shout out to HondaForms.com. Oh wow. Uh, was Super Street RX Seven. Oh shit. I went with my favorite magazine at the time and the car that I wanted. RX-7? Mm-hmm. Really? So, did you ever do anything with RX-7s? No. Not Is at all. Is it still even any dream to you right now or no? It'd be cool to have, but not something I'm worried about at all. What was the thing that made you gravitate towards that as your favorite car? The looks or the performance-wise? It'd be the thing that got me into imports at first, which would be the Fast and the Furious. Shit, and then from there, man. it went to... Uh, uh, reading Super Street Magazine. Yeah. So that's like the first import magazine I ever got. Seems like that's a, that's a common thing on this podcast. A lot of people started around the Fast and the Furious era. Yeah, because like I, I wasn't like a car guy. I was, I knew about cars. You know, I thought they were cool just because my dad worked for General Motors. So I was always, uh, you know, he was always bringing stuff home. You know, at the time he worked for Oldsmobile. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the area service manager and so you know we'd always get like any time they use an oldsmobile in a movie we'd get like the model car the posters just tons of oldsmobile swag got you got you got you and so like my grandfather worked for general motors my great-grandfather did so it's always been hey you know i'm a, probably end up working for general motors yeah uh so i always wanted a like and before the fast and furious came out i wanted a cadillac eldorado touring coupe oh which, shit that was probably because of um gone in 60 seconds 
Hmm. It's one of the uh, characters in it drives an Eldorado Serene Coupe. I can't think of what that car looks like. Only thing I think of what I think of old school Cadillacs is just like a pimp. Yeah. <laughs> like a pimp car. At the time, I thought it looked cool, but they're really not that great of a car. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Why? They're too long or what? Oh, just like compared to modern day standards, they don't look good. Yeah, no, definitely. I think that there was a a good time in the American automobiles in like the 50s and 60s. Like anything outside of the 50s and like mid 50s to like late 60s. Anything after that can't really uh, compete with that era in my mind. You know, just think about it. You have like the Camaros, the Chevelles, and then even on the Ford side, like the Mustangs and things like that. Thunderbird. That was, yeah, dude, that was a good era. And two, I mean, the, the 70s was cool, but like a 70 Camaro is nothing compared to like a 60s Camaro, dude. So a lot of stuff has changed, man. But um, so you're on Honda Tech as aquafina yeah posting up your findings from switching up all these gears Mm -hmm. and what is your response like from um from the the other users Uh, lots of people uh, you know commenting questions but more most people are just you know sending me pms asking stuff just picking your brain on Mm -hmm. things and like so i was like well you know i've done it with my car and i was like like someone messaged me and then i don't know what exactly made me decide but it actually wasn't on Honda Tech. It was on the first forum I was on that I joined. Honda Forums, one of the guys on there that I knew for years. He's like, hey, would you do the transmission for me? Nice. I was like, oh, yeah, sure. Okay. How'd that make you feel when he asked you? Cool. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. It made me feel really great. That's good. It's like someone actually wants me to you know, build their transmission. And uh, so, you know, I built it. Wouldn't even put my name on it today. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Like now, I have completely different standards. So, what were some things that you did back then that you like that one? Um, I didn't inspect everything closely, I didn't measure all the clearances. Um, did a really poor job of cleaning it, just spraying it down with brake cleaner. Ah, gotcha. And then the the case, you know, just wiped it down, sprayed it with brake cleaner, and then painted it, which is like now I'm if you paint a transmission, you're dead to me. (laughs) <laughs> so what's your way of finishing a transmission media blast media blast and yeah. that's it yeah i use glass beads but i don't i use old glass beads uh-huh. if you use new ones it gives it a more of a satin finish but if you use old glass beads that are pulverized into almost a powder uh-huh. it gives it like a matte finish oh really mm-hmm. yeah i mean i kind of feel the same way dude uh in, early in my career i was doing transmissions and it was just spraying them And after a while, I'm like, damn, that shit looks kind of whack, dude. So the last one that I got, I just cleaned the shit out of it, dude. And I I would like to break it down, media blast it. That's what I would want to do. But I just left it raw, and it looks so good, man. I mean, it's all just personal taste. Yeah. Um, And how you're building the car, um, like a media blasted case, it might not be the look that some people want for a show car if they want everything to, you know, like perfectly smooth and flawless. Yeah. Um. But on the other hand, it looks better than, you know, just even a factory casting, yeah. I think. Yeah, definitely. So you get your transmission, you send it out to the guy. What? How did he feel about the transmission once he got it back? He liked it. It was just a, uh, it was a D16Y8 transmission that we put a uh, dual overhead cam ZC third and fourth gear in. Uh, he drove it for like two days, and then uh, I don't know what he was doing. He was going to uh, change a fluid because, you know, I told him to change a fluid after like the first full tank of gas. Mm-hmm. 
but he didn't take he took off the access plug for the snap ring instead of the drain plug or the fill plug and then when he put it back on he didn't torque it he just tightened it so he cracked the case oh he didn't blame anything on you did he no oh okay cool and i was like well you know i just you know if you have time this weekend i'll come up there and look at it so got off work and because i wasn't full-time at this point i hadn't Mm -hmm. taken the business full-time i was at a car dealership so i uh, got off work and drove up all through the night up to michigan and got up there and he you know he hadn't sent me pictures of what it was and when i got up there and saw it it was completely different from how he had described it breaking so when he was telling you did you think at that time that it was an issue that you caused no i knew it, what i knew that you know he caused it by over tightening it uh-huh. but i thought it was just a small crack that we could probably just fix with jb weld or something got you got is, you grind uh, it down and another thing i never do now <laughs> <laughs> it's all good to this in the beginning yeah, man. so we get up there and i mean like the whole top of the case is cracked off and i was like ah. Oh. Dude, there's nothing I can do. So, well, after I dropped it, or after I cracked it, I dropped it a little bit. <laughs> he was like, oh, so you need to take it back with you? I was like, yeah. He's like, dude, this car's my daily driver. Because, you know, at this time, you know, we're both pretty much the same age. Like, you know, 19, probably, yeah. I think. And I was like, well, we can, uh, I guess we can try, like, JB welding it back on. So we did, <laughs> and he never messaged me back <laughs> about that with anything bad. So he... It either failed spectacularly and he was so pissed off that he just said, screw this guy, or by some miracle it held up long enough until he got rid of the car. Do you know what somebody told me? They said that there's nothing more permanent than a temporary solution. Yes. <laughs> so it might have just worked and he said, all right, well, fuck it. Let's rock it, dude. But that's cool that you made that drive just to help him out. Like, that really... Yeah, like, I did it because I did not want him... I was like, man, if this guy posts anything bad ah, about me... Yeah. Like, it's over. Especially at those times, man, like... because, yeah, I mean, that's... The forums were everything back then. Definitely. There was no Facebook. There's no other social media. Yeah, so that was the only way to get your name out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I can't try to get my name out and start off by having someone, you know, hey, my transmission broke right away. Yeah, even though it was their fault. Yeah. Yeah. I used to have that happen in the beginning of... Um, starting downstar you know people would say something like oh the bolts stripped out or something once you start digging into it a little more you're like yo bro these are metric bolts and you use a standard allen wrench of course they're gonna strip out dude like you know it's so many things and that that just goes down to people not wanting to take responsibility but it was cool that the guy didn't throw that on you but it was even more cool that you wanted to help him out and make that drive that's crazy dude yeah and uh so after you did the transmission for him did he post it up and say that that you did the trans for him? Did he did, but it was only on Honda forums, which was a really small forum. Uh huh. Um, so it didn't I mean his transmission didn't really help me out at all. Uh, but after that, I did a, one for a local guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he brought me a, like a five gallon bucket full of gears from two different transmissions, not knowing what they were. Mm-hmm. Lucky to figure it out. Yeah, and luckily they were actually two different transmissions, so. I mean, the gears could only go together one way. Yeah. Because they were different ratios. So I lucked out there. Yeah. So I, you know, put that transmission together for him. And then it just kind of started going from there. So were you advertising or were people, was it word of mouth or what? I was illegally advertising on Honda Tech. Really? Yeah. Because that was about the same time that they started, you know, allowing people to advertise, but you had to pay them. Sponsors. Yeah. I think at the time it was like $200 a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put a banner up and shit like that. I'm a broke dick kid. I have 200 (laughs) bucks. So like, you know, like I'd post up, you know, like answering someone's question, like PM me if you want a price. 
Yeah. Because that was all you had to do. Yeah. They hadn't, you know, gone full ninja on that yet. So let's fast forward to when you decided to take this full time. How, what was the decision like and what made you make that decision to go full time? See, 2007, early 2007, I was in a, I had gone to college, but then I stopped going. And so I was full time at at the car dealership, still in the service department, Mm -hmm. driving the shuttle. And then, um, I kind of asked for them to, you know, lay me off so I could go work with my brother-in-law uh, as a precision millwright. So I took off in, I think it was like January of 2007. We drove up to Dunphy, Nevada, which is in northern Nevada. Mm-hmm. And I worked as a precision millwright for two weeks. A precision what? Millwright. What is that? Uh, my job was building, a, assembling a cold pulverizer for a power plant, uh-huh. which pretty much all I did for the whole two weeks was mock up and mark where these panels needed to be welded on and then the welders would come in and weld them the inspectors would come in and x-ray them and you know say hey these welders shit they have to be ground out so yeah the other guys would grind them out and just that was it for two weeks so so you moved from tennessee to northern nevada i didn't i didn't didn't really move i just was living out of a hotel got you okay got we only did it for two weeks before we came back but i made you know a ton of money doing that because it pays extremely well yeah so you went down to Nevada, did that for a few mm-hmm. weeks, and then you came back. Came and back, then... and then uh, started back my job at the car dealership again. Uh-huh. Um, transmissions still hadn't really picked up. You know, they were just, you know, here and there. Yeah. Still mainly just doing part sales. And then um, my sister had her baby, her second one, mm-hmm. my niece, first niece. And I had to, uh, she couldn't drive, so I had to take her to an appointment. And I had missed enough days of work by that point. So when I called in and told my boss, you know, hey, I can't make it in today. I've got to take my sister. Sorry, I didn't know about it. Mm-hmm. He said, well, uh, I guess I'm going to have to let you go then. Really? So he fired me. Uh, and then like a couple months went by. and I was still, you know, had plenty of money to live off of. So I was just, you know, trying to get my business to pick up. A couple months went by. Uh, a new restaurant was opening up. So I went there and worked in back of house uh, part time. And then uh, just me and another guy washing dishes and then they fired us and you know bought an actual dishwasher <laughs> oh, shit. so that was the last uh that was it that 2007 was the, yeah that was the last real job i had that was like august of 2007 maybe september yeah that was the last you know air quotes real job well congratulations dude <laughs> so since then it's just been whoopie do racing bro i wish i was in my own job 2007 dude it took me till 2012 in hindsight it was a horrible move to make yeah, I mean, hindsight, everything. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> everything ha- could have changed a little bit, you know, with every every decision that you make. But it's like for anyone that's wanting to start a business, you know, shoestring it like I did is, you know, if you can make it great, but it's tough. And if you can, you know, work hard and just eat shit and you'll build up, you know, a bank account. So you have, you know, a good foundation to start with. Yeah. Like that's how I would have done it now. But if I had done that, you know, could be a different story you might not even be around still oh definitely dude you could be doing that and then somebody say hey instead of washing dishes we want you to be a server so then you start moving up in that and then your side hustle starts getting dwindling away because now you don't have enough free time you know and your your dream i don't know if building transmissions or having your own business was your dream but even building something else for yourself the the time that you're going to allocate towards that is now put to your main job and that's how a lot of people don't make 
that switch because they just throw you a bone dude it's i i feel so so passionate about that like the universe is always going to test you dude they're always going to throw you a bone right when you're ready to make that jump right when you're ready to go hey uh we got a new position opening it's going to pay you a dollar fifty more two bucks an hour you want it boom oh yeah okay because that's the comfort but not knowing that the comfort is only going to get you so far and then when you go on your own dude possibilities are endless talking two bucks more an hour dude i can make 20 bucks more an hour if i focused on myself and i mean that's the thing with owning your own business you know hey you know i've got say you've got a lot of time because you're not busy i could go get a part-time you know or even a full-time job Mm -hmm. and you know make money doing that but then will i have enough energy and drive left when i get home or could i just spend that time and work on my business Mm -hmm. so you either make the money or you don't yeah no you're 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 definitely right dude so congratulations man for be doing it what 12 years yeah full-time yeah full-time 12 years that's dope man so in these last 12 years um well even in the last however what is that 16 years since you've been doing it how many trends do you think you've gone through i've lost count yeah i've got everyone recorded but i've never actually taken the time to uh count them out so what about just throw out a number something that for sure you've done 200 oh way more than that really yeah probably close to not as many as other guys probably close to the like 1100 mark no way dude wow because i know like james ornelis years ago he was at he's easily at like the 700 mark and this is probably you know like five six years ago Mm -hmm. now so he's probably he's probably got a lot more than me at this point so is there other trans guys that you keep in touch with and you have like uh, a relationship with not really that i keep in touch with um closest to that would be uh mr bone off the dseries.org forums okay he was like the og dseries transmission guy and then um like he's the only one doing them yeah and then you know i came in and like he still has his thing going he does like most of the secca road racers that have dseries they still go to him Mm -hmm. just because he's up in ohio and that's where you know they're located and uh you know it's he, he never i don't think he ever really wanted his to be you know like his full-time gig i think he just does it more you know for the fun of doing it got you but he's the only one that i've ever you know had any sort of you know normal communication with yeah it's like anytime i like i find something new which is strange you know with how old the d-series transmission is but there's always you know always d- discovering new things so why do you say D-Series? Is that just your specialty or is that I'm, just for instance? No, I'm just like a hardcore D-Series guys and I do a lot of them. Um, like the D-Series guys seem to be pretty loyal to me. Uh-huh. Uh, at least the ones that know about me. Um, I don't know. I just love the D-Series. But can you do yeah, all trans? I do all trans. Okay. So what are some of the services that you offer for transmissions and, and what is it? Does it go outside of Hondas or what? Just give us like... I will do anything as long as I can get a hold of a factory manual. Got you. It doesn't matter if it's in another language. As long as I can get a hold of a factory service manual, I can do it for sure. If it's something obscure and there is no manual, I can do it, but it'll take time. Uh, might have to redo it a couple times just because I don't know what clearances the factory requires. Got you. Now, so just be trial and error, but you know I'm comfortable enough to do anything. So how about as Honda-wise? B series, D series, K. Do them all. Easy. Except the automatics. Oh, really? Yeah, I just leave those to a level 10 motorsports. Yeah. 
what's what's the difference between the automatics i hate the automatics just the uh, clutch packs for the gears they're not really big enough to hold big power um honda just never had a good design for the automatics for as far as performance goes like, yeah. like with the k-series guys you know they would run the uh the ecotech transmission that's because it could you know, like 700 bucks and gm performance had you know a guide on how to modify it you know to run nines with it which what trend using that trends on what k-series really mm -hmm. so what what did that transmission come from the uh, cavalier what the hell dude no way who was using well, that? i guess that would be the cobalt not the yeah well, it might have been the cavalier at the time who? not many people used it because that would have been like a hot rod class thing and oh got you you know that died up pretty fast um so when were people using that that would have been uh that would have actually been like people started using that before i like got into really got into transmissions okay got you uh I've done two of them. They just like popped up randomly, you know. Yeah. I don't know if the cars ever even got finished or not, because these were guys, you know, that were. They started building for Hot Rod, and then Hot Rod went away, and they just kept the builds going. Yeah. So you know, I never heard back from them. For all I know, they could be running, you know, be local. Yeah. Superstars, or they could be parted out by now. So let's get into the the K Series trans a little bit. I know we've talked about uh, this off air a lot. Um, what is the uh what is the threshold of a k-series transmission before you have to move on to like a dog box a dog box that's more of just a rpm thing instead of power okay uh as with honda's k-series you know you've, the synchros are really good sized and you've got double cone and triple cone but there still comes you know an rpm where you're just overworking the synchro so at that point, it's better just to go with dog engagement. It'll be a little bit faster, usually about you know a tenth to a tenth and a half faster from, just from switching to dog engagement. Mm -hmm. But at that point, it's really just a, a, rel a reliability thing with shifting at high RPMs. So what is the RPM that the stock ones, the stock trans we usually max out at? I like to go to dog engagement once they're you know consistently going over like 9,500. Hmm. Okay. Cause Damn, you, that's pretty high. Yeah, you, you can shift them, you know, with a, a synchronous engagement at that point, but you're just going to wear the synchros out a lot faster. So, a, say, a stock transmission, not not dog gears, What? how much power do you think you could put to one before? K-Series, not a lot. Really? They're glass. Shit. Now, the uh, main issue with K-Series is... Well, one of the biggest issues is second gear, the heat treatment process that Honda used. It was, I don't know if it was that, but I that's what I think it was. Mm -hmm. Now, the gear is like butter, so the engagement teeth on second gear on the counter shaft, you'll round them off. And there's no way to upgrade that? Not really, no. Not without going to an aftermarket gear. Uh, the replacement gears, as of late that Honda has, they seem to hold up better, so I think they changed something up. Mm -hmm. and that's one of the main issues, but just the main issue is just the uh, physical size of the gears. Mm-hmm. The case is pretty much the same size height as a B series, so they just shrunk, made all the gears shorter to fit an extra one in there. Mm -hmm. So the gears, I mean, the gear teeth on the K series are pretty much the same size as a D series, mm -hmm. and then you know, thickness wise, they're not much bigger. So power wise, what are you saying? Uh, K would max out at. I've had K's break. Well, I've had every series transmission break. You know, with you know, just bone stock engine. But uh, as far as boost, you know, and a good number to look at upgrading, I'd say over 300. 
damn, that's nothing, yeah. dude. I and mean, people are going to roll their eyes and say, oh, you know, my boy's <laughs> running this much. But when I put a number out, I'm thinking of reliability. Yeah. If you want to go out and drive it and dog it day in and day out with never and, you know, never have to worry about rebuilding it, you know, until like synchros start wearing out or whatever, or bearing starts knocking, this is what you need to do. Mm. Okay. So then the next step up, um, what do you jump up to in price for people that aren't familiar with like a, a sequential gearbox? Uh, sequentials, that's a kind of a different story. The only one that you can really use that's based on the Honda transmission is just the uh, Quaif gear set. Got you. Which changes out all the gears, all the shift forks, and then the top half of the case. And those uh, usually go for start, I think they start out around seven grand just for parts. What about like the, the um, like a dog box setup? Dog box, it depends if you go like uh, with PPG, you're going to end up spending about the same. Um, Price-wise, dog box, it doesn't really save any money over a synchronous set, mm -hmm. except for over time, unless you miss a shift. If you miss a shift with a dog box and you ride off the dogs, then it gets really expensive really fast. Yeah. Because uh, you might be able to, uh, you know, remachine the dogs and have it last, you know, for another go. Uh, but more often than not, the, you just have to replace it. Now, what about B series? Are a lot stronger? They're stronger, but not a lot. Uh huh. Um, B series, both B series and D series, um, you know, they can take about five hundred. Um, anything more than that, uh, you're gonna start breaking. Damn. Yeah, that's the problem that I was gonna have with the K series. Is that I wanted to put like, you know, at least five. What the hell, I don't even have that. Hey, series <laughs> shit. They're always listening to you, bro. I'm telling you. After this, they're going What the fuck, dude? My bad. Epstein didn't kill himself. He didn't. No. He definitely didn't. Somebody, oh, somebody killed him. Yeah. So there's the. We're gonna jump way <laughs> off subject just because you said that. Somebody killed him, or that what? Or he's not dead. I he's, think someone killed him, dude. I'd say he's with Tupac, but my home city of Johnson City, Tennessee, Tupac Shakur was just arrested, so I know he's not dead. <laughs> That's right. I just seen that, dude. That guy looked older than Tupac as well, so like, maybe he was the first Tupac. I think it's just Hollywood-level uh, makeup. He's been, <laughs> Tupac's been living next, you know, next to me this whole time. How far is that from you, Johnson City? I live in Johnson City. So that dude's from your city? Yeah. Tupac Shakur is from your city? Yes. Guys, if you're listening, there's a dude that just got busted. For what? What did he do? I don't even know. Something this stupid. Is some crazy Tennessee shit. Yeah. <laughs> and his name is Tupac Shakur. I'd say that's how we roll in the 423, but Tennessee is small, <laughs> so 423 is like half the state. Oh, shit. So, so um, that's dope, man. That's dope that you're really passionate about transmissions. Yeah, I just stumbled into it. I mean, I never saw myself doing it. Yeah. But like, I'm a huge nerd, and it's like crunching the numbers for ratios. You know, seeing how changing this ratio, you know, drops the mile per hour top speed in this gear by that much, but you increase the acceleration by that much, and then it changes the RPM that you know that drops. Yeah. Upshift and downshift. I just geek out over stuff like that. Now, do you have any experience with all-wheel drive transmissions? Mm-hmm got you so let's dive into that a little bit what's uh in your opinion what would be the best all-wheel drive setup to go with uh let's first start with a k or a b um and why k is easy just because 
I mean, the KL will drive transmission. It uses the same gears as the, you know, the front wheel drive transmission. Uh-huh. Just has a different, you know, it has the ring gear for the transfer case and the clutch housing is different. I mean, the transmission is very similar to the front wheel drive K. Okay. But what about um, accessibility for those KL K. wheel drive? Really? Yeah. Like mm. even like the, el- the front wheel drive elements and everything, they have the all wheel drive case. They just don't have the transfer case. Oh, shit. Okay. Which I mean, I guess the B series is the same way, but they're just there's way more all-wheel drive Ks out there than there were Bs, because the only Bs that ever, they ever came in were just the CRV. Yeah. Do you ever get all-wheel drive cases? Mm-hmm. Really, guys? If yeah, you're cases like make sure you hit them up. I don't get the cases in very often. As just like a core that I pick up. It's usually just a customer that you know has me do his transmission. Got you. Or hers. Do you ever do that? Go to junkyards and see what you can find. No, we've got a local Honda only yard, but they, uh, of course, you know, have the Honda tax on them. Uh huh. So uh, that's a bad thing about being where I'm at. So I know uh, Synchro Tech out here in California, they get cores for like seventy five bucks a piece. Oh, wow. Like they've got some company that just brings them their cores. Yeah. Uh, but usually I just, you know, like hop on Facebook or I used to get on Craigslist until it died mm-hmm. and just, you know, find people selling their transmissions. And, you know, so I'll message them, ask them, you know, for some details. And if it's someone that, you know, like I'll kind of e-stock them a little bit, see if they're, you know, if anyone can vouch for them. Yeah. If, uh, if they're like, if they look to be a stand-up person, you know, I'll pay more for it. But if it, you know, they can't really tell me anything about the transmission. I'll just lowball them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because chances are, uh, you know, I split it open and more often than not, it's, you know, just junk. Yeah. So um, with an all-wheel drive trans, can they obviously handle more power than a a regular one? I would say less. Really? Yeah, just because the load's higher. Uh-huh. So the front wheel drive, you know, it's easy. You just blow the tires off and that takes a lot of the load off. Once you have traction, that really adds a lot of stress on. So what about if you just don't go off of the line super hard? It depends. Like boost by gear is a big lifesaver. Mm-hmm. A good suspension setup and no wheel hop is another one. Um, if you're trying to you know, launch, like running the right slick size, if you're running, you know, 26 inch, 26 inch slicks, you're going to break something very fast yeah 24 and a half you can 24 and a half 500 600 horsepower in a b series you can make it last an entire season if you're a decent driver what about just somebody just doing all-wheel drive like streetcar streetcar uh is not as big of a deal as you know launching it at the strip just because you know launching on a street compared to a prep track is night and day yeah um, if you're making a lot of power, though, which a lot of the all-wheel drive guys are, um, it's going to be an issue. I think if I ever went all-wheel drive, I would just want it for cruising on the freeway and then see what cars I run <laughs> up next to, you know, and just uh, roll it. Yeah, just roll it. So I was never really worried. Even with the K-Series, if I was to do that, like a 500-plus setup, it wouldn't be something that I'm just dropping fucking, you know, dropping it right into gear right off the line you know it'll be something that i'm babying into and it depends on how you have it set up like it's hondas are not true all-wheel drive mm-hmm. they're still four-wheel drive transmissions it's not like you know subaru or a, you know an evo with all-wheel drive so you're going to lose traction on the front wheels and then unless you've modified it then it's going to transfer some of the power to the rear uh, except for like the d series which you can have locked in all-wheel drive all the time mm-hmm. um 
So what would be things to, to modify to get it um, more like a SUBI or an EVO? Well, the only way to actually do it is to add a center uh, differential, which I don't think anyone is even looking into. I don't know if there's a space to do one without hacking a car up. A center differential? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like Hondas, they use a, most of them use like a viscous coupler. Yeah. So that takes care of it. There has to be some slip between the front and the rear. They can't be driving at the same speed. If they do, it's going to break. Got you. So you're meaning one drive shaft from the rear end to the trans. Mm-hmm. You're saying if you did it like that, then it's going to break. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. you. That's like crazy. If, if you just run a solid drive shaft with no viscous coupler or, you know, clutch system like, the, you know, the K-Series rear end uses, you'll break it. Yeah. I mean, you can get away with it at the track, but if you try to street drive it, it won't work. But what's the difference? Well, the track, you're pretty much driving in a straight line and, you know, it's going to be transferring power anyways. Street, you're going to be turning. The wheels need to go at different speeds. Front and rear need to go, you know, turn at different speeds. Yeah. And when they don't, bad voodoo happens. <laughs> yeah. I feel you, man. I, this all-wheel drive stuff is getting extremely popular. It is. But it seems like there's still a lot of learning to be had. It's still in its infant stages. There's some guys that are pioneering stuff like Red. Um, it's still new, though, and there's a lot, there's a lot to learn still. Um, you know, the guys have the... You know, the conversion kits, uh, parks at FCS has yeah. a really nice one that's just all bolt-in. Yeah, I love that one. Man. But the main problem is right now is just accessibility. It has a very high entry point. Mm-hmm. Now, most guys, when you tell them, you know, that a built transmission is going to cost almost as much as their fully built engine, they will balk right away. <laughs> now you add in several grand over that to do a built all-wheel drive system. Yeah. No, there's dudes that are doing all-wheel drive setups right now, and they're well into 10, 15 Gs into it. Yeah. And it's not even done yet. Yeah, so it's like a fully built front wheel drive, like B or K trans can easily be 11 grand, 11, 12 grand. Yeah. And then 11, 12 grand with all wheel drive setup, yeah. you still got a little more money to spend. Now you're all wheel drive, you're going to add on, you know, a billet transfer case, uh-huh. viscous coupler, drive shaft, rear drive shafts, the rear end. Yeah. But it's exciting, man. It's exciting for the community yeah. because, um, with something new is going to come a lot more opportunities for brands to come out with product. Mm-hmm. Uh, records are going to be pushed. You know, it just brings a whole different light into it. Like you mentioned, Parker from FCS, dude, the setup that he has is like sick, man. Just everything that it comes and the his attention to detail on it. It's, it I know it's making it a lot easier for people wanting to go all-wheel drive out there. And then um, Drag Cartel is coming out with a lot of stuff mm-hmm. as well. And uh, I think this year at PRI, uh, SEMA possibly, but for sure at PRI, I think there's going to be a lot more attention on the all-wheel drive stuff, which is exciting, man. So I think 2020 is going to be a really cool year. And then like even a, I think it's S1 built, have they have the Acasta trailing arms out for the rear, which is, I mean, that's just seeing a company, hmm. a small company like that do cast parts. That's really? just insane. Wow. Just because of the, the high entry cost to do casting. Yeah. Is that, so to see, you know, guys going all in like that on the all-wheel drive stuff, that's pretty cool. Wait till somebody starts doing casting of the cases, dude. That's what we you need. Know? Yeah, because, I mean, they have the billet ones, but, mm-hmm. of course, billet versus casting. Yeah. Billet is going to be expensive. Yeah, like, once someone takes a plunge and does, you know, a cast, you know, does a recasting of, like, the, the Wagavan rear end um, and can, you know, put it out there at a significantly 
lower price than what a used one costs right now. Yeah. That'll be a, uh, if they can do it, that would be a game changer. Dude, what I'm hearing for a wagon rear setup, 2300 is a good deal. Mm-hmm. I'm like, damn, bro, 2300 I bet back in the day. Take it back two years. I bet you you could buy two wagons, full wagons, all-wheel drive wagons for that price. It was like nine, ten, eight or nine years ago. You know, I was doing the uh, putting the D-Series LSD into the wagon rear end, and people were selling the wagon rear ends at that time for like 100, 150 <laughs> bucks. Like, I've got all these weird... Like this guy messaged me. I still have the PM on Honda Tech. Yeah. So I save all my PMs. This guy's like, hey, man, I've got like six wagon rear ends. Do you need them? It's like, no, man, I don't have any use for them. You hit him up right? I shoot him. He, he's like, yeah, now. He's like, uh, if you want a man, you know, I'll, you know, hold them for a couple of weeks before I junk them, you know, like 300 bucks and they're yours. Whoa. Do you think it's all the junkyards are tapped out now or there's oh, still yeah. possibility? I mean, people are people are it's to the point and this makes me sad that they're buying like pristine wagons just to part them yeah like they're looking you know finding you know an old lady with a wagon that's in perfect shape they're buying it you know for you know not stealing it from her because you know yeah she doesn't want it for whatever (laughs) reason but whatever getting off point yeah you know they're buying these full wagons for you know nothing and then making thousands just parting them out so if you're looking for a wagon setup what wagon are you looking for do you know like the uh, 88 through 91 Civic Wagon. Has to be, Any of them? No. Okay. Has to be the four-wheel drive. Four-wheel drive, 88 to 91. So basically any of the EF wagons as long as they're the four-wheel drive ones. Yep. And how do you know? Just because they'll have like the decal on it or something? I really don't know. Besides, I mean, besides looking under I'm there. I'm sure it has an emblem on it, but the easiest way is just look under the rear end. Yeah. So it has nothing or a rear end. So just go to your <laughs> local Costco, take a walk around. Start looking under. Yeah, just lay down on a skateboard and cruise the parking lot. <laughs> Dude, I'm going to do it, bro, because uh, probably um, maybe about an hour from here is a place called Sun Valley. And Sun Valley is, like, super famous for having a lot of junkyards. And they'll have, like, Honda-specific junkyards or pick and pool and things like that. And um, the pick and, pick and pool, I think it's a franchise so the prices are they're pretty set, much the same everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. So w- whether you get um, a rear end from an Astro van or a Civic, it doesn't matter. They're not marking up parts because they know that certain cars are popular or not, which is pretty cool, you know. But I'm sure that there's somebody there every single day walking those lines, waiting for new cars to come in. Yeah. So that's what kind of makes it hard in California. I think you would have to go to a different state where maybe modding hondas isn't that and california california is so dense i mean mm-hmm. like tennessee where i'm at 10 minutes and you're out of the city and 15 minutes you're in the sticks yeah so by you know you can just cruise you could probably cruise around for like a day and end up you know stumbling upon one somewhere okay everybody we're gonna take a quick break for our sponsors and we'll be back in one minute <gasps> now son you you listening right now i need to tell you something your life is in shambles. One of the reason is, is the way you present yourself. Son, that t-shirt you got on right now with the stains and the bacon neck, that is not going to bring the honeys home. 
You look terrible. I'm not talking about your disfigurement. That's something only the good Lord could help you with. But what I can help you with is going to downstory.com. Go to that web page on the World Wide Web and just search DTWD. Yeah, search that and you could get some of the official Downtown with Downstar merch. Maybe move out the basement so me and your mama could do the dick ball dance like we used to do 27 years ago when you wasn't around. I'm gonna go upstairs and get me a pot pie. You can get back to your little podcast. Yeah, I think I'm gonna try it one of these days, man, because I miss going to the junkyard. We have a junkyard right out here, probably about 15 minutes from the shop, but back in the day I got busted for stealing from there, so I'm not allowed at the junkyard anymore. <laughs> First time I went to the local Honda junkyard, like I ended, they like to let me cruise around because I was in high school. I guess they didn't think anything of it, but I ended up like, like pulling a bunch of stuff off that wasn't supposed to be pulled by itself oh they got pretty upset with that well a lot of these junkyards around here you can just go and take out whatever and then they'll just look at it and have their uh ex-convict workers just look at it and say oh yeah cap yeah 10 bucks i'm like all right but that was just the thing dude i don't know if it was because i would go to the junkyard with my dad and anything that could fit in your pocket was free that's just <laughs> what i thought it was like what i what i did i went and i pulled every single coin pocket out of an ek civic that was there every single one of them i took out yeah it turns out they wanted to keep that with the center console but i took them all out yeah and then i went to walmart and bought like a bunch of little lcd uh, clocks uh-huh because they fit perfectly in the coin pockets oh cool and my plan was to do like a knockoff version of the edm you know coin pocket clock yeah well it didn't work out because it i mean <laughs> it was a horrible idea and i was in high school but it was it was gonna cost me like six bucks a piece and i was gonna try to sell them for like 50 but so ideas like, that matter bro yeah I, I did a prototype for my car put it in and like the first cold night that we had the clock froze so. <laughs> <laughs> time froze yeah like I, that was a big hit I, I was like man i'm out like 80 bucks <laughs> dude but i miss junkyard hunting man i think i want to go do it maybe alex and i will take a trip one of these days but you should check it out while you're here man but so let everybody know why you're here. You you drove down the other day from Tennessee to California for to sit down with you. Oh, thank you, man. I no, appreciate uh, it. We've been hanging out at uh, all the Ibach meets and uh, the last one in uh, Jersey. You know, I said, yeah, you know, I might I should come out for the, the iHeart Honda Festival. Mm-hmm. You know, just joking. Which is a collaboration between Spoon Sports and Ibach Meet that they had this past weekend. And then. Uh, Turns out, like, I've got three customers, uh, two in Arizona, one in Texas. And, uh, you know, they've been talking about having me do their transmissions, but uh, well, one of them uh, was just more recent. But two of them, you know, they've been kind of balking at, you know, shipping them out. So I said, hey, you know, why don't, you know, you just cover some of the gas and I'll pick the transmission up. Nice. And so, like, luckily all three of them said, yeah, let's do it. So, I mean, I'm still coming out of pocket for the trip, but... Yeah, I just used it that as an excuse to come out here. So you haven't went to pick up the trans no, yet? I'm grabbing them on the way back. Arizona, Phoenix, Phoenix, Tucson, and then Waco, Texas. Oh, sick, dude! Damn, I uh, I wrote something down, dude. After I need to talk to you about it about Arizona, but uh, 
Dude, that's crazy, bro. So let's get in. Let's get into it more about um, how we even met. So, Chris is. Uh, how did you even meet Ryan Hegner from Ibach? Ryan, I didn't. I knew him. I didn't know him. We. Were, I knew who he was through Honda Tech. Okay. He was VTech Voodoo on Honda Tech. He yeah. Was like a general discussion and debate horror. Mm-hmm. And he popped up in the Type R section every now and then. And then, uh, 2013, uh, my friend Ben Howard, Stun mm-hmm. of Ben on Honda Tech, mm-hmm. he uh, made an introduction via email. Ryan was uh, looking to build his Type R at the Eibach Cali meet and actually built, put it together at the meet. And so Ben made the introduction and said, hey, you know, Chris does transmissions, can help you out. And uh, this was like maybe a month before the meet. Mm-hmm. I think it was more like three weeks before the meet. So we had, you know, no time to get anything set up. But I was like, build a transmission for, you know, the Eibach Type R at the meet. Yeah, I'm in. That was back in 2013? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So uh, Ryan shipped his transmission out to me so I could uh, go ahead and mock everything up and uh, did that and drove out to meet. That was the first time I ever drove to Cali. Uh-huh. Uh, got into the meet. Uh, you know, went to a similar transmission. And I probably shouldn't say this, but I had a huge brain fart and had the wrong countershaft bearing for the clutch housing. Uh-huh. So there's no way the car is going to run, which, as it turns out, wasn't a bad thing because there were several other issues that the car wouldn't have been able to start. But uh, did that, you know, no one at the meet even knew we put the transmission together, put it in. And then uh, the next day, me and Ben went out to Eibach and set up an awning in the parking lot, dropped the transmission, split it apart, uh, put the right bearing in, put it all back together, put it back in the car. And uh, that was it. 2013 are you sure yeah so how long did it take ryan to finish that car years okay got you he had he had the worst luck ever if you read the honda honda tuning feature he's got a big mention of me in there that he went with a built transmission the stock engine for reliability Uh and he you know did the transmission to get the you know the performance out of it but then he just had engine failure after engine failure gotcha like he had you know stock engines blowing head gas like uh he went to the uh like the FF, FF battle. Yeah, FF battle. Uh-huh. Uh, Tony was driving it, and I think it blew a head gasket. Blew a head gasket or threw a rod. Tony from Eibach? Yeah. Got you. Tony Hawk. <laughs> I actually just saw him this past weekend. I haven't seen him for a while. Shout out to Tony. Yeah, I saw him too. Shout out to Tony. Mm-hmm. And uh, just horrible luck with it. And then he had a an engine built for it, and I forgot what 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 went wrong with it had it rebuilt mm-hmm. and then uh that was right before the last time he had it rebuilt i drove out here it hadn't been tuned yet i drove out I ended up driving up to san francisco first to uh do a customer's transmission up there and then drove down here towed the car for him out to uh, the d-sport dyno mm-hmm. and then uh, derek from imw motorsports in pennsylvania was kind enough to e-tune it while he was on vacation oh shit we got two pulls in and it had a rod knock no way i didn't even know all this dude damn that car was so nice man Mm -hmm. so then it was like i think it was about almost another year before the you know he went with someone else to build the engine i think uh ken's racing engines did the you know the final build on it gotcha and then uh like it actually ran 
Yeah, I remember uh, you came, I forget when it was, maybe two years ago. Yeah, two we years did that ago. video. Mm -hmm. And I actually drove the car because you wanted to do video of like um, testimonial how the car drove and such. Yeah, you that drove car was it. dope, man. Yeah, you drove it. Lisa Kubo Lisa drove Kubo, it. Lisa Kubo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool, dude. Um, I really like that car, but I like his new car a lot better now. That <laughs> Porsche came out sick, man. So you met Ryan back then. When was the first time that you ended up going to an Eibach meet that wasn't in SoCal? Was it 2016? Yeah, 2016, Florida. Florida. Gotcha, okay. Met. So that's when we met. Mm -hmm. Gotcha, okay, cool, yeah. So that time was RC was there, Mike SI was yeah. there. Um, who else was out there? I think that was it. I think it was you, me, Mike... Mike, RC, Big Mike, Big Mike, RC, Mike, SI, Big Ryan, and then just anybody else that would just stop by yeah. the house and stuff. But yeah, then that's when we met, and we've been hanging out ever since then, dude. Every trip that we would go to, we've been to so many already. Yeah, we've been to let's see, Florida three times, uh -huh. Ohio three times, uh, Philly. We went to Philly. I didn't go to Philly. Oh, you didn't go to Philly? No. Oh, shit. Didn't go to Philly, yeah, because I had to stay behind to help my mom out. That's right. That's right. And then um, you weren't at Jersey this year. Yeah. So we've hung out at least at least six times mm -hmm. outside. It's been fun, man. I like that little click that we got, dude. It's yeah, usually... It's a good little group. Yeah. You, me, Big Mike. Ryan. Ryan, and... um rywire yeah and then, rywire started coming into the mix finally yeah which is dope dude hopefully uh hopefully next year we all get to go on the trips all the whole leg you know and i wanted to go to jersey but it was just like i told you yeah, dude you, so many meets you gotta take time off for your family hell yeah dude it was like within six weeks there's probably like five events that i had to fly out to dude that shit was rough man like you've got a family so you know you can't be out on the road for who cares how long like i can yeah which is uh i mean it's dope man i love spending time with my family i love spending time with you guys but there's that you definitely have to find a balance you know but if i didn't have a family dude i'd probably just be hitting the road like <laughs> you dude i'll be out and just doing my thing man so it's pretty cool that that you have that kind of freedom it's fun and i've definitely i don't want to say i've taken it for granted but i've not necessarily appreciated how so it's uh i never really even thought about it just the other day i was at walmart getting some contacts because i ran out on this trip and uh the, the lady at the eye center we started talking about you know how i drove out here and then other you know driving to florida and new york and whatnot and she said well you just drive everywhere living yeah. your best life I'm like, well yeah i, I guess i am yeah <laughs> i really thought of it yeah no you're doing good man you're uh when we spend those times together, dude, those are really good memories, dude. And we're going to live with those memories forever. Hanging out. It's not, it doesn't even have shit to do with cars. Yeah. Hanging Usually out. Usually we don't even talk cars at all. Yeah, right? <laughs> Talking shit, grubbing, just having a great time, man. I love it, dude. The, scaring you with my clicky fingers. Oh, I know. That's when I first met Chris, man, he, he really freaked me out because I was a little uh, inebriated. And he was doing like some crazy hand tricks and shit. And uh, I was like, yo, Ryan, who is this dude? He's he's creeping me out right now. Yeah, for everyone listening, I'm a, 
I'm shy and I'm pretty socially awkward, so. Yeah, but it's just, it was just, uh, I don't even know why I was doing it. I think it was probably just like a nervous thing, you know, just clicking my fingers. I still don't know how the fuck you do, do that to the mic, dude. Guys, he's just opening his hands and closing yeah, them. Yeah, I just, just open my hands and close them. Don't have to use my thumb. I don't even use my thumb at all. I can't do that. Well, I have little girl hands anyway. I've, so got, like, I, I've got long phalanges. <laughs> if I had man hands like you, maybe I could do the little snap. It's just like how long they are. You just close your fingers real fast and all four of them <laughs> But it was cool, man. You know, it was really cool for Ryan to invite you. It was cool for you to come out and be outside of your comfort zone and hang out with us. And then uh, just after a few years, bro, we've all just grown so close. And the, and the group that we have is like a really eclectic group. But it's dope, though, man. Yeah, I don't even yeah. remember if Ryan even had a reason for inviting me the first time down to Florida. Yeah. Like, I don't even I don't remember him inviting me. I know he did, but I don't remember why. Like, well, Ryan's no, a, he's a really inviting kind of guy. There's no, I don't think there's a specific reason. I think it was just like, hey, you want to? come down and chill in yeah. Florida. He's he's just the more the merrier. I've no, brought... okay, yeah. The first year he asked me if I uh, he asked me if I wanted to set up a booth at the mm -hmm. meet. Like, yeah, sure, I'll try it out. And then uh I think somehow that evolved. He was like, Hey, you know, I've got you know, I've got a house down here, you want to crash here? Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, man, that'd help out a lot. And uh that was it. I, was, I set up a booth at that one. It did horrible because it was a really bad booth. <laughs> <laughs> nothing uh to write home about at all yeah but then every meet after that it's just like i would just come out and hang out and you know if he needs help you know running the gate or whatever you know, i just jump in and do it yeah and that's how it seemed to have worked out man you're part of the staff now and uh it, it's really cool man because ryan's trying hard to make ibach uh to keep it growing and just like anything it's it's hard to keep your thing growing and every every year putting more into it and taking more risk and i commend him for that and i know he really appreciates you coming along and helping him out and going there early and helping park cars and that shit's dope man i just do that stuff to i mean there's no other way that i can like contribute towards it so I yeah mean, time is the most valuable thing you've got and if you want to help someone out but you can't you know with money or whatever you just give them your time yeah no you're 100 percent right about that man so it's cool dude so what kind of plans do you have for the uh the business come 2020 what are some things that you would like to to change to work more on to uh to keep doing we're coming out hard in 2020 let's do it everyone yeah. says that and so am i yeah <laughs> let's do it man no plans are uh there's a few products that i'm uh currently in and works on uh, developing um some for the D-Series that have been discontinued. Um, like D-Series, that's my bread and butter. Yeah. Uh, and some of the parts have been discontinued, and it's not going to be possible to rebuild them pretty soon because of it. Like what kind of parts? Uh, like for the 88 through 95s, the cast aluminum shift forks. Okay. Uh, they've all but one of them have been discontinued. I think it's been discontinued now too. Hmm. There, you can't get them new anywhere, and mm. so now you just have to buy used transmission after used transmission and hope that they're, in the first point, you know, not worn past the service limit, and then not cracked or broken. Got you. So, is there a way to even tell from a transmission that it's bad off the bat, or you just have to break it open, shake it? Really? Yeah. <laughs> 
Man up shaking, and if you hear rattling, drop it and run away. Bro, I could probably pick up a trance. I don't think I could be shaking it. Dude. You can shake it. They're, they're light. They're 70 pounds, 80 pounds. Shake it up and hear if there's anything. Yeah, just pick it up, move it around. If you hear anything rattling, that's bad. Yeah. That's really all you can do. I mean, look at the look through the axle seals, see if there's you know rust inside. So if we can, let's go ahead and break down something that... Um, when you get a transmission in, say we send you a transmission for a K-series, we want to upgrade all the gears, put LSD or whatever in it. What What is your steps that you do, not giving away any secrets from beginning to end? All right. This is all outlined on my website, too. It's the same for every transmission I do. doesn't matter if it's a bone stock rebuild for your grandmother with her D-series or mm-hmm. all-out K-series all-wheel drive setup. Get the transmission in. I... If it has a VIN number on it, I run the VIN number because I'm not about, you know, any stolen stuff. Yeah. Uh, and it's also how I help keep track of transmissions I've done, if, unless someone swaps the case. Mm-hmm. But uh, record any VIN numbers, any uh, labels on them, just because mainly just for my records to see if there's any way to identify, which so far there's really not. Gotcha. Aside from the VIN. But um, record all that stuff, then I'll tear the transmission down and do a visual inspection. Um, anything that jumps out at me, you know, I'll mark it down. Then I will uh, clean all the gears, clean everything, and do another visual inspection. And then I'll start measuring everything. Um, if everything looks good, I'll go ahead and mock it up, take measurements again, set the main shaft and dishim clearances. If I'm going to change up any of the like gear to gear clearances, I'll go ahead and uh, you know have machine work done, which most uh, the average setup I don't have to do that on. Uh, you don't don't really need to do that until you start changing out, you know, to aftermarket gears. Yeah. And then uh, I'll media blast the case, clean everything again, uh, do a, a final mock-up assembly so I can take pictures on the workbench, and I'll uh, put the case on, seal it up, and it's ready to go. So what if somebody wants to uh, upgrade the bolts? If, <laughs> actually, um, I've raised my labor prices recently to include uh, bolt new bolts. Really? Mm-hmm. Sick, yeah, dude. I hate, like, I I just hate reusing the stock bolts because uh, usually the zinc coating is gone. Yeah. Close to being gone, and they're going to start rusting soon. And uh, and it's just easier for me to, you know, just immediately blast the case because when I blast it, it's, you know, the case is together. I've got everything plugged up. Uh, it's just easier to clean it out afterwards instead of having a case that's full of glass. Yeah. So, uh, you know, after I blast it, you know, I, I reuse the same set of bolts for every trans I blast, but um, it's, it's really crappy having a nice looking case with janky bolts. <laughs> That's my whole selling point, bro. <laughs> I say that shit all the it's time, like, man. Now my labor includes, you know, just the base, you know, downstar bolts with the flat washers, and then you can, you know, upgrade to the beauty yeah. washers. Hell yeah, man. I really appreciate your support, dude. And I appreciate the uh, attention to detail that you put into that, dude. Hopefully, we can get some people to help or to um, send their trans your way. You know, I mean, it's just um, it's having a. I mean, it doesn't take a special eye. Probably anyone could do it if you know. You, anyone can do anything if you do it enough. Yeah. But uh, there's just some things that you know have been overlooked, um, surprisingly. Um, like people for years, you know, were. You know, just installing like the M Factory close gear set for the D series. You know, you put the M Factory third in, you flip the stock third gear over and use it as fourth gear, and then use the M Factory fifth. Mm-hmm. Well, people they kept chipping the corner, the edges off of their you know gears, and uh, 
that was one set that I actually didn't do the uh, R&D prototyping on. So, you know, I look, I had personal set for my car that had the chipping. Uh, so, you know, I tore the transmission down, mocked it up and got really looking at it. And all you have to do is, you know, mill millimeter off of the counter shaft gear, mm-hmm. third gear. And that fixes the clearance problem. Oh, wow. Because without that, the gears like third and fourth gear are actually touching. Yeah. And then they just chip away at each other. Got you, got you. So when you build these trans, what are the companies that you like to use for the parts? I use in-factory competition products. I use GearX. I use Synchrotech for their uh, carbon line synchros, hardened selector sleeves, and hubs. And also it's just super convenient to, you know, get the full rebuild kits from them with all the bearings and seals. Because they use NTN bearings. Uh, they did use OEM seals, but now they, uh, they're they sourcing their seals from somewhere else. But they're the uh, same quality as OEM. Mm-hmm. But they cost less, so um, saves money for the customers. Uh, I use Torco for the uh, MTF and RTF. That's the fluid that I recommend, along with the friction modifier for clutch-type diffs. Um, use PPG, Albins, and then uh, MTM closed gear ratios. That's a... Probably most people haven't heard of that company. Mm-hmm. They do uh, custom billet gears, uh, mostly straight cut and synchronous engagement, no dog engagement yet. But uh, I've actually uh, become their North American distributor. Really? Mm-hmm. Congratulations, dude. Hell so yeah. we can do, and it's not just limited to Honda. Any, if, As long as you have a sample that you can send in, you know, stock gears of, we can do them custom one-off for you. Dope, man. The prices are nowhere near as high as other one-off companies have been. Very cool, dude. So, what is kind of the the lead time for uh, for you to get it once you get it, finish it up, and ship it out to the customer? I can do it super fast if we have all the parts ahead of time. Um, I don't like to do that just because I mean I don't keep everything in stock, and so mm-hmm. to have every part available, you know, the customer is having to actually buy them, and I don't like uh, having customers spend money they don't need to. Yeah. But if you want to do that, I mean, I can do it in twenty four hours in and out. Oh shit really yeah wow um average lead time is probably two to three weeks okay it's because um you know i have multiple things going on i'll tear transmission down you know tell the customer what it needs give them the options they have for replacing it i'm usually uh, you know i'll I'll tell them you know a ballpark ahead of time you know be prepared to spend this much worst case scenario Uh, so usually you know they're ready to move forward with it you know i'll send them the invoice we'll get the parts ordered and then they'll come in i'll finish it up Sometimes, you know, they need to, you know, they're not prepared and they need to wait, which, yeah. you know, if they, uh, if they don't have a financing option, you know, I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's taking up a small amount of space, so just on your time. Very cool, man. So how much, um, dude, what the hell? You just brain farted? I just brain farted while it was coming out of my mouth, dude. Let me have some coffee. <laughs> That's dope, man. Chris, it sounds like you're very passionate about transmissions. And I want to send you a trans of mine, dude. We should do it. Tear it down, do something to it, man. That's a that's a quick-ass lead time to get it done. So that that's what I was going to ask you. Boom, it came back. You know what? I just needed the coffee. So you said 2020, we're going to hit it hard. What are some of the things, some of the goals that you have and things that you want to focus on? Um, I'm going to be focusing a lot on growing the uh, MTM Gears brand. Um, not many people know about it here. It's really big in Asia just because they have so many different, uh, you know, road racing series for all the different makes out there. Uh-huh. But not many people know about it here. 
Um, they're probably more well known with the D series guys here, just because they uh, we have some you know it's the first company to actually make gears for the D series that hold power. It's like M Factory; they've got the close ratio gear sets, which are great for all motor and road racing, but they do not work for high power. The uh, ratios are way too short, and the gears are just physically so small because how small they have to be for those ratios, mm -hmm. they just shred if you run power through them. So this is the first uh, gear set the D series guys have had, you know, that hold that holds you know power without a problem. And then they also made a, a fifth gear cuff for the D series, which is the first time anyone has ever done it. So this is MTM. Yes. Just the that's just the name mm -hmm. MTM. Yeah, it's MTM. Uh, it was MTM custom gear ratios, and now it's MTM close gear ratios i think and how did you find them we just called it mtm though i found them um i don't remember how i found them i think i just saw someone on facebook that posted up about them and so i looked in the company and uh ended up contacting them and uh you know we had some conversations and then uh i pretty much said hey you know this is how I helped, you know, build the M Factory brand, and this is what I can do for you. Mm -hmm. um, if you like the help, you know, I can do it. So yeah, we so, worked out a deal, and that's that. Good for you, man. So you want to focus more on that? And mm -hmm. what else would you like to uh, would you like to see Whoopie Do Racing do next year? This is really ambitious for you know a year long period, but I want to get to a point hopefully next year 2020 where i have actual crate transmissions cool so just done ready to go mm -hmm. so what would that entail you gotta you gotta get your stock and you gotta get a bunch of cores uh cores i mean it's not the problem it's just uh you know the financing of it because that will be you know a big investment yeah huge investment as you know i could just have you know all these parts in stock so i can build any you know number of combinations yeah yeah but yeah. to have you know just specific setups on the shelf it could either work out really well and it'll sell or i'll just be sitting on extremely expensive stock i definitely think that it could sell dude if you gave people mm -hmm. the options have you said you know the the wdr package one package two package three you know good better best like entry level max or what then, then just break it down by Okay, this is just for a daily driver. This is gonna be for a streetcar, and this is for a full race one. And just break it all down, like you say, you're a nerd with the numbers, dude. Break everything down from the the amount of horsepower that this trans is comfortable with, the warranty it would come with, dude. Hell yeah, that would be such a good deal. Because I mean, I've built enough transmissions and I got enough customer feedback where I know pretty much what is gonna work for every car out there. If you can tell me how much power you're making, even better if you can give me the diagraph of your car. Yeah. Tell me what type and size of tire running, your weight, and then what types of driving you're going to do. Um, especially with like the D-Series. D-Series, I almost have like a cookie cutter transmission build for high power setups. Really? Mm -hmm. Dude, hell yeah, man. You should do that so like, for sure. D-Series, I'm definitely going to do one. Um, B-Series, I'd like to do one, but B the problem with B-Series is just finding a good transmission to start with now. Got you. Do you ever work with any of these um, importers? I haven't yet. No, I've I've bought some transmissions from H Motors in the past. Yeah, uh, just some dual overhead cam ZC transmissions. Because um, the, there are th like three or four different variants of the dual overhead cam ZC, and one of them has you know the good close third, fourth, fifth gears. 
And so uh, I'd buy those transmissions just for the third, fourth, fifth gears. And then I'd have, you know, a perfectly good core minus third, fourth, fifth. So mm -hmm. ready to throw gotcha. a closed gear set in. Yeah. Uh, but then they, uh, you know, they started running into stock issues and then they like quadrupled the price on them. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was it's just... Because like they got to a point where they were having such a hard time finding them, you know, they just had to raise the price up on them. I was just over at HMO uh, last week and we were having that same conversation that you know a lot of stuff is selling out over there it's not existing it's just getting too old so if you guys have like an ef or an eg you hang on to that shit dude any of those parts especially like even auto fair honda sometimes i'll be checking out their instagram and they'll post up something i'm like this is it this is discontinuing you're like damn man even if somebody wanted to build something like a, a restro resto mod build you know it's getting so much harder dude because a lot of these parts are just getting discontinued like you were saying with the those shift forks is mm -hmm. that what it was yeah it's wild dude and like for the d-series like the counter shaft second gear has been discontinued now and it's usually worn i mean pretty much not just d-series but pretty much any honda transmission that's got mileage on it second gear is going to be worn out needs yeah. to be replaced and you know you can't get it anymore so the only option you have is to you know tear apart use transmissions hope to find one or just try to, uh, you know, restore as much as you can the gear, which I hate doing. Yeah. I only do it as like a bare, you know, last step if that's the only way to go. And I really only like to do that if it's like a resto transmission. Gotcha. Where, I mean, the parts just, you can't even find them used yeah, anymore. Yeah, got you. So how are you getting customers now? Uh, that's That's been a problem for me. Uh, for them, it was super easy with like Honda Tech. HondaTechAndDSeries.org, and then uh, once Facebook kind of took over and the forums died off, it just—it's uh, been a struggle for me. Yeah, uh, I'm not the best marketing guy. Um, pretty much, I've, up to this point, I've just relied on like word of mouth, and uh, done a little bit of you know advertising. I had a, a couple good breaks, like with the uh, Honda tuning feature for Ryan's car, yeah, Maybach, and then a couple of customers' cars that were featured. But uh, right now, I mean, it's just pretty much just boosting posts on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. Which is a never-ending cycle. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm still going through that battle myself. Because once you boost it, they kill your reach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, definitely. Anybody listening, man, I would advise probably not to do pay not for boost. anything. <laughs> because they know once that they got your money that there's an opportunity that they can get your money again, dude. Yeah. Instead of spending 20 bucks or whatever, you're going to boost it for a day, just find you know just find a core group of people and be like hey i'll give you a dollar every time you share a post you know you got to work with with whatever tools that you got man but i think that there's a lot of uh, value to your brand dude and i think that 2020 could be a huge year for you if you focus on those opportunities that you do have which even being not even really big opportunities just like social media everything you know? everything is small that's how i look at it i guess I have problems with focus. I mean, I've got ADD, so I can't focus on like big picture. I just have to look at things small. Gotcha. And everything just adds up over time. Yeah. I feel you, man. And I mean, you can't get to the top of the pyramid without building the base. You, you're definitely right, dude. You have to build the foundation and you got, what is that? 14 years, 15 years, 16 years. Of Somewhere around 16, there. <laughs> 16, I'm doing the math right now. 16 years of experience already you've put in your time man you've put in your 10,000 hours 
you know but uh i get what you mean dude every day here i try to do things that to further the company but i don't make goals for myself like if i don't reach this goal by by next month or whatever i'm gonna be disappointed in myself i'm like okay cool every day i'm gonna feed the machine and it's gonna keep growing but i'm not gonna put any i, I guess like extra stress or problems on myself that sleepless nights i gotta go do this i gotta go do that it's just that's how you burn out I, yeah i i've burned out a couple of times doing that just pulling all-nighters to push stuff out yeah like that didn't even need to be done yeah i feel you dude it's like hey you know i'm hyped up you know i'm focused and i'm gonna stay up all night and jam out and get work done and then you know a couple of weeks of that and you're just burned out yeah dude but just grow organically but use the uh use the tools that you do have you know just because you've been going to the eibach meet so much there's a lot of opportunity there you'd be promoing the brand there shoot i'm always down to help you out with whatever you need you know i want to see your brand grow and succeed and uh i i know you and i know the the passion that you have for it which is an extremely attractive quality you know so Hopefully everything keeps running good for you, man. I'm I'm excited to see where things go in 2020. Yeah, just gonna keep checking off things on my uh, bathroom mirror. Bathroom mirror, dude. So what kind of stuff do you have on the mirror? Yes, uh, pretty much just daily to do list. I write it on with a dry erase marker every night. Things that I want to get done the next day. Uh, you know, I don't put a date on it. Yeah. That way, if I don't get it done, it's no big deal. But you know, there's something to uh, you know, just a visual thing to help me out every every morning with you know, this is what I want to get done. Yeah dope man so how is it living besides car stuff how is it living in tennessee yeah <laughs> <laughs> since you've traveled to so many places um i've been in tennessee for i don't know how long now since 98 yeah i think we I moved there in january maybe february of 1998 um the area i live in east tennessee is extremely beautiful i'm in Johnson City is in a valley. You drive north or south for you know ten minutes, and you see the mountains. Especially driving south into the Carolinas, mm -hmm. um, beautiful area. Nothing at all to do. Really? Yeah. Um, I'm not big on drag racing myself. It's you know fun to do every now and then. So there's Bristol Motor Speedway for that during the summer, the street fights. But um, road courses, the closest one is VIR, which yeah, VIR people love it, but. You know, it's three and a half hours away. Oh, wow. And, you know, um, three and a half hours to VIR, four, four and a half hours to CMP. And then beyond that, it's, you know, even longer to Road Atlanta, um, hmm. Atlanta Motorsports Park, Mid-Ohio. I mean, there's a lot of tracks, but they're, you've got to drive to get to them. So how far are you from uh, Nashville? Uh, about five hours. Oh, shit. That's all I really know about tennessee i don't like nashville why is that i've never like fully experienced it mm. like as a tourist would but like bar hopping and stuff it's not really my thing yeah i mean if uh if that is your thing nashville is pretty cool yeah nashville is the place for you if that's your thing they have that strip i don't know if there's a certain name for it like it's there's like, a, like a, there's a name for something. it i just can't think of it that's where they have like the big boot and stuff there's and... only one thing in nashville that like i i want to do that's on my like my bucket list is not like huge and hugely ambitious goals it's just quirky stuff but yeah. one of the things on it is i want to go to nashville go to a tootsie's orchid lounge and uh order a drink from kindly myers what is that she's a, a server there and also a model 
uh-huh. on IG. She's a kindly. I don't know how I found her. Probably just explore or something, but I don't know. She so seems you, fun, so that's on my bucket list to get a drink from her. So you want to go to uh, Nashville to perv out on kindly? Yes. <laughs> I'm going to drive there just to perv out on her. No, like, like every time I've driven through there, I was like, it's been like a horrible time. Like usually it's like three, four in the morning when they're not even open. Like oh. every time I've driven through, it's not been a, like a time that I can stop. Shout out to Kindly, man. Yeah, shout out to Kindly Myers. <laughs> what about Memphis? Uh, I don't like getting shot. Is it pretty bad over there? <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, Cause there's a lot of rappers from Memphis. Yeah, three Six Mafia. What shout up? out to Three Six. Yeah, I've only uh, passed through on the interstate. I've never actually stopped. Um, St. Jude's is there. Mm -hmm. uh, which is cool to see and then uh there's a big glass pyramid there i don't know what it was but it's now like a huge bass pro shop glass pyramid well it's a huge pyramid it's like the luxor in vegas got you got you got you okay but now it's like a just a huge bass pro shop and i don't know why but i kind of want to stop and check it out dude bass pro shops the shit man yes. when i went to uh my cousin prep and i we went to uh grid life that was when I did that six-week run of shows. It was probably the later in August. I think it was like second to last week in August. So anyways, we went out to um, Atlanta. We went to Bass Pro Shop, and I bought like so much clothes over there. You, <laughs> you just... rednecked out, didn't you? I did, bro. You, you bought all the plaid. I did, dude. I was buying so much Carhartt and like $4 hats and shit. Matter of fact, I'm going to wear my uh, Bass Pro Shop gear tomorrow. I used to rock a Bass Pro hat. I rocked a Bass Pro hat. Like 2006 to probably, well, 2013 when I got this Eibach hat I'm wearing now. <laughs> I was going to say that. You rocked the shit out of that Eibach hat, dude. Dude, I love this hat. That's a classic like, right there. Mr. Eibach apparently hates this hat for some reason. Oh, really? Yeah, and like apparently the it's just you know, a hat with like an Eibach, Eibach, Eibach patch on it. Yeah. But apparently the patches fall fall off really easily oh it doesn't this, look like this it. one's not moved at all nah dude that's a that's a trooper this is like my lucky hat this is this is much of a trooper as your uh as your case swiss yeah. bro yeah these are this is like my force gump setup <laughs> so how old are those case swiss i got these case swiss shoes in 2000 in december of 2005 2005 guys whoa Dude, you're going to bring back the brand, bro. I'm single-handedly keeping K-Swiss alive just from this. <laughs> from promo? From, yeah. Like, I walk around and be like, oh, damn. That guy's shoes are janky. What are they? It's oh, K-Swiss. They're K-Swiss. Those things got to be old. <laughs> no one wears that. Oh, me, shit. Just, Gary V got into K-Swiss because of me. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> How's that? I don't know. He was looking around on the internet doing a Google search for some random thing and saw a picture of me someone put up. He said, man, those are some shoes. They got some stories yeah. to them. Well, you got some stories to you, man. You put in some miles your damn self, bro. How many miles have you driven this year? Uh, this year? Really not all that many. I mean, I've driven a lot, you know, going to and from events, but I don't drive a whole lot at home. Yeah. Because there's no really i mean john city is a small town so do you think you've done more than five thousand ten thousand oh, yeah. easy really yeah i've done probably probably close to 20 25 in a year mm -hmm. Fuck. and guys we're riding around in an ek civic that um that's left you stranded a couple times right it has delayed me so let's talk about the story where something happened with the head new mexico yeah huh? uh driving out for an eibach meet and uh 
the temperature gauge wasn't really working. It would stay pegged on cold mm-hmm. since it was dead. I never really cared. Because I said it was on cold? <laughs> just like, yeah, I, I figured good. if it was overheating, I would know. Yeah. And then uh, I forgot what happened exactly, but I looked down and the sensor is pegged at hot. I'm like, it started working. I, I, this thing is so skitzed out. It's it's not even working. I'm just going to ignore it. And then, you know, there's a puff of smoke and the car just loses all power. I'm like, shit, I'm in the middle of nowhere in New Mexico. <laughs> and uh, so I had AAA it to a closest hotel, a little motel. And, you know, the head gasket's blown. Yeah. What am I going to do? I don't have a head gasket on me. Uh, ordered a head gasket, had it shipped out to the uh, hotel. And there's a machine shop 40, 50 miles up the road. So I uh, shipped a head there, had them fix it. You know, couldn't do anything about the block, which was probably warped. And got the head back and put it back together and drove home. So you took the head off at the hotel. In the parking lot, yeah. Put it in a box, shipped it. How long did it take to, to come back to you? I, I overnighted it. Wow. So how how long were you stuck at that hotel? Five, six days, I guess. Damn, dude. And that's on the way back from Ibach? I never made it. Oh, no way. Oh, shit. Like, that's the only time I've never made my destination. Yeah. Because, like, by, you know, by the time the car was running, the meat had... You know, it was already finished, and then I was like, I was I was pretty pissed off, so I just drove home. Damn, dude. Well, take some balls to do that, man. To just <laughs> take off the head right there and ship it out. There's nothing else to do, really. I mean, like all of my trips, I try to like shoestring them, mm-hmm. just because I know I'm like I'm gonna spend money that I didn't plan on. So if I go in with a mindset of shoestringing it, like I'm broke. I'll be okay. Yeah. And then uh, I just brain farted. I forgot where I was going with this. So what do you have planned for the rest of this trip? Oh, this trip? Um, potting with you today. And then uh, I think I'm going to head to Vegas for a couple of days. See if I can spend more than five bucks at the uh, El Cortez Casino. What is that? It's uh, one of the old original casinos in downtown. Uh-huh. Like everything in there is like 25 cents. Oh, cool. Because I don't gamble, but I, I like to play roulette just because it's fun, and it's like a 25-cent bet, so like five bucks will last you all day. Yeah. So I'll do that, and then I'm going to uh, head from there down to Phoenix, uh, pick up the customer's transmission. Probably going to try to swing by Hasport unannounced yeah. and say hi, even yeah. though Brian doesn't like me for some reason. Yeah, right. No. Brian doesn't not like anybody. No, just from the... If you listen to Brian's last podcast, it, uh, I was sitting in uh, next to him. I think I was next to him. Yeah. During it. And he, he has made some comments about, uh, I like you, I like you, I like you. And he got to me and he's like, uh, I don't like you. <laughs> oh, I guarantee he didn't mean that. I, I actually don't know if Brian really even knows who I am. Maybe not. I think he was just, you know, being polite, you know, and, you know, yeah. not saying, hey, who are you? Just to not make me feel awkward. But I don't think he actually, like, I don't think he can tell you my name, really. No, nah, maybe not. I mean, and it's not his fault. You don't really yeah. put yourself out there. Yeah, oh no, I, I take no offense to so it. So that's why I'm I'm that's glad why, that we're doing this pod because I one, want people to know you, dude. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I want to stop by Hasport. Hell yeah, because I'm actually a Hasport dealer. So. Hey, Hasport's crazy, bro. There's like 
17 garages and each garage has about 30 cars in it dude and you'll see some crazy shit i remember when i went over there there was like a crx convertible and uh then i got to see the um the insight the one that crashed and he has some like crazy tube cars he has so many cars there man shout out to hasport for sure yeah i was gonna try to time it so i could be down there on a tuesday but that's not gonna work out yeah you should you should that's- stop by um to see rc as well oh, i should yeah yeah yeah. rc he's working at jdl now do you know jdl yeah. yeah 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 so he's working with jdl so um you should hit up rc man i fucking love rc dude he was actually here for our uh the fourth annual meet that we just had like two weeks ago i'm gonna have to make it i'm gonna have to like make it a full stop in phoenix because i'm also gonna hang out probably just grab a meal with uh, one of the guys that i game with oh really mm-hmm. what do you play destiny Mm. Destiny 1, Destiny 2. That was really popular back in the day, right? Yeah. You don't play any of the new games that the, the kids are playing? Nope. Have you? No, I can't keep up with these whippersnappers. <laughs> <laughs> They're fast, bro. No, I just, uh, like, I got really into Destiny. I don't know what it was about it. Like, the story, the game just felt good. And I yeah. just, I mean, that's the only game I've ever really played since it came out. Really? Mm-hmm. Did you used to play games when you were younger? I've, I mean, I've always not like a hardcore gamer, but I've always played games. So, what was your first system that you ever got? Uh, like a computer. Oh, really? Old school computer. And Oregon Trail and shit on there. Oregon Trail, I played at school. I yeah. died too much from dysentery and whatnot. <laughs> but like the first game that I, I really smallpox. <laughs> yeah, the first game that I like really played was uh, the OG Sim City. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I never played that, dude. At those times, I was playing video games on consoles. I wasn't really into the computer games. Um, I think we used to play, like, Doom and stuff at my cousin's house. But when I had a computer, it was just the uh, the black screen with the green letters. Yeah. And then I remember with that, it was floppy disk. I had video mm-hmm. games on floppy disk. Was it the, like the three and a half inch or the big ones? The what? floppy disk it was the sm- the small ones okay the three and a half ones so i would play i think it was even like jason or freddy or something like that dude and then um yeah, when i, I, I when, guess i played those before sim city because i had a yeah. bunch of those when i got into computers it was more about um like chatting online and downloading music like hey asl baby asl i never really <laughs> said that i didn't i didn't even know what that meant until like i was older Dude, that's like a dead giveaway now for how old you are. If you <laughs> yeah, <say it>. right. <laughs> oh, you were born in the '80s, huh? <laughs> Ooh, old. Those were the good days, dude. I, but I would just download music, and I would give my computer aids like every six months, dude. Every six months, I would need a new computer or something. Defrag this. What are you or doing? That. Like downloading everything, like iMesh and LimeWire. Hell yeah, dude! I had all of them, dude. iMesh, dude. I forgot about yeah, that. That was before LimeWire. LimeWire, BearShare, Morpheus. Um, I wasn't really on um Napster though. Yeah, I got into it after Napster. Yeah, it was after Napster. Um, but yeah, I would download music all the time. That was my thing, dude. Yeah, I had a little side hustle in high school, kind of like you did, but I did it very poorly. What was that? selling burn cds oh really yeah so but like i burned them at the fastest speed and then i never like listened to them and so i sold a couple and then like the next day like you know they'd bring them back to me like hey man this skips all over hmm. okay well here's your money back and so i just gave it up <laughs> i forgot about that you're right because like i had all the names of the albums that i had written on the back of my notebook and i had to like you know flip it over when the teachers walked by because they were like cracking down on that in school like you can't sell stuff and whatnot <laughs> 
Yeah, right? They do that shit. It's so stupid, bro. I, uh, if I was a kid, I would buy candy at the... Do you guys have 99 cent only stores? Like the actual brand? No, not the actual brand. So there's a, there's a store. It's called 99 cents only. It's a purple logo with like green accents or whatever, but everything is 99 cents. Nothing is above it. So you can get candies for like three or four for a dollar. And then you sell them at school for a dollar, dude. You're making so much profit, but it's always somebody hating on the hustle. But, um, yeah, dude, it's, uh, we were talking about video games. Yeah. How, how long do you spend on video games? A lot more than I should. Um, yeah. Like I'll, once I get done working for the day, like, and I'm ready to wind down, like business, like motivating people like Gary Vee and what, you know, they say, you know, if you've got two hours to watch a movie, you've got two more hours to put into work. I can't yeah. do that. I'll burn out. There's so, no, so I'll spend, you know, a few hours, you know, winding down, you know, just playing Destiny every night. There's no problem with it, dude. So, like, accumulated, like, this is embarrassing, but Destiny 1 and Destiny 2, I probably got, like, 5,000 hours into it. Yeah. It's, you have to do something, man. Mm-hmm. You have to do something fun, and you have to do something that makes you feel fulfilled. These people that focus on whatever their business, their hustle, and all that is 24-7, yeah, you're going to reach those goals that you're going to get to, but you're going to have to sacrifice a lot. If that's not something that you want to do, that's not saying that you're not doing good. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of things that I do that it's not going to benefit the business or I'm not making money from it, but it makes me feel good. Yeah. And you I mean, know? and there's no point in being successful if you can get be successful. If you can't enjoy it, exactly, dude. And so, like you know, I'm I wouldn't consider myself successful by any means right now, but I'm enjoying the process just because I'm not burning out on it anymore. Enjoy life, dude. That's what it's all about, man. You want to play these games and you have fun doing it, and you meet people through it. Psh, don't listen to anybody, dude. Like we were having that conversation about the uh, about that subject, and um, you know, people choose to live their lives however they want to live them. You know, you could say that. If that was my life, that's not how I would live it. But that's pretty much as far as it goes, yeah. you know? This is everybody's story, and everybody could live life however they want to. Like, I don't try to... I mean, probably is judgmental. I don't. I try not to judge people. I just look at them and I have an opinion. You know, I may do it the same. I may do it differently. But, you know, I'm not going to, you know, knock someone. Yeah. You know, I might say, hey, you know, I'd do it differently, but I'm not going to tell them that they're wrong. Yeah. Unless they actually are wrong and it's a fact that can be proven. A, yeah, yeah. yeah, proven fact. Yeah, but when it comes to how people are living yeah, life and that's the decisions they personal make. Personal choices. I've been thinking about that a lot lately, dude. You know, and I used to think about it the other way. I used yeah, to think, I mean, I used to actually judge people. Mm-hmm, me too. You're yeah, not doing realize, it right. You know, like, if it doesn't actually affect me and it's not hurting anyone, whatever. Do, do whatever, whatever makes you happy. If something makes you happy that wouldn't make me happy... That doesn't even matter because you're not me and I'm not you, you know, but you're a good guy, Chris. I, uh, I love all the time that we hang out with you. I know Ash loves you, dude. You're a good guy. And uh, I wish you the best for anything that you do in the future. And if you ever need any help with anything, you know, we're always here for you, man. Thank you. Yeah, of course, dude. And I look forward to our 2020 adventures. Yeah. I know that we're going to have a lot of fun, dude. Uh, I think... If uh, everything works out, that we should be in Hawaii next year. 
Yeah. I don't think you're going to be able to drive out I'm not, there, bro. I'm not in. I won't be able to. I won't be able to ship it down yet. <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to be able to make it over there, dude. But no. you're going to have to jump on that plane with us, man. So, I mean, when I tear it down for the rebuild and, you know, it's actually the nice car that I want it to be, I would ship it down there in a heartbeat. Yeah. But I'm not going to ship it down, a ship box down to Hawaii. Nah, dude. It's like, that's another thing my, on my bucket list. I want to drive my car in every state. Really? Mm -hmm. You're damn near close to it. How many have you knocked out already? Majority of them. Really? I need to get up to the far northeast. I need to get up to like the, like, I don't know what is like the middle of the country. Like, the, Yeah, what would you even North, call that? North, like North Dakota, Wyoming, Idaho, and then the Pacific Northwest. You would call do. that states that don't matter. Shout out to you guys. <laughs> Shout out, shout out to the states that get like one electoral college vote. Dude, it's crazy. Sometimes I'll look all of them. Uh, you get one. Yeah. I'll look at some, uh, just say like a, a restaurant, like Chick-fil-A or something like that. And it shows the United States and it'll show a map of like, you know, so many here in California, so many everywhere else. And you look in some states and you're like, there's, fuck. There's nothing there. They don't even have any. What do those people do? Where do they eat at? And I mean, I haven't even been to those states because there's really no reason for me to go there. You know, I don't know what Idaho's like. That's how I feel like anytime I drive somewhere, like I have, you know, I've preconceived, you know, what it's going to be like. Like I'm going to drive to like the first time I came to Cal California, <laughs> first time I came to California, like all right, everyone's going to be listening to hip hop. Everyone's going to be speeding and flipping everyone off. <laughs> It's gonna be a, a den of sin. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was, you know. And then you get here and it's exactly that. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, I'd say it's just like, you know, a normal place, but it's not. Yeah. But uh, California's California's unique, man. but everywhere else I've been, you know, it's pretty much, you go somewhere, it's the same as anywhere else, just different scenery. Yeah. And different accents. Yeah. I mean, doing all this traveling that I've done, dude, I've been to so many different states and there's not much that's really that different. It's just they they do things a little differently. It really, I think what it comes down to and like as, you know, as Americans, the thing that keeps us apart is what we call soft drinks. Pop. Yes. I'm from Michigan, so it's pop. You call it pop? Yeah. Well, I don't even drink soda. In the South, yet, so. it, it's Coke. I don't call it shit. Yeah, you're right. You know, I saw a, a list on Facebook one time where it had a whole list of things. Breaking down what they call it. Broke, yeah. it. broke it down. You could even take a test and it'll say, what do you call this? What do you call that? And then it says, you're from California. <laughs> yeah, but I think if we can all agree to call it pop, that we will be just fine. I'll call it pop. If you want me to call it pop, I'll call it pop, dude. Because I really don't drink soda, man. So I don't give a fuck about it. It's pop. We're not changing the name of coffee. I don't give a hell what they call it in Wyoming, dude. What do you call it? Coffee. Well, it's coffee. <laughs> what the hell else are you going to call it? Pop is soda. It's not soda. It's pop. What's the first What's the first word of uh, soda pop? Soda. That's it. That's just because some dickwad put soda in front of pop hey some dickwad called red red what's a what's a what's a glass bottle of a soft drink make what sound does it make when you pop the cap off and, and how do you get the cap off you have to pop it off there you go you're right you, you got it dude you got me convinced you pop caps and you pop collars it's pop pop collar <laughs> did you ever do the pop collar no the double pop collar no. I never did that either. Anybody, if you guys ever did the double pop collars, I kind of feel sorry for you. 
but I can't. That was a time, dude. Collars. That was a popping time. Shout out to Kanye, dude. He made that popping off. Speaking of Kanye, what music do you listen to? I listen to just about everything. Uh, Usually, I'm listening to alt music. I used to listen to rock like all the time. Say like alt rock, you know, Disturbed, Corn, Nickelback. I have a couple of Nickelback albums. You got a Nickelback vibe to you, bro. I'm not gonna hide it. I like Nickelback. (laughs) If you don't like that, then you. You got you got the look, dude. The Nickelback look. If you don't like that, that's just fine. That's just fine. That's a good way to put it. If you don't like that, I like Nickelback, then square up and we'll squabble. Oh shit! (laughs) Have you ever been in a fight before? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. How long ago? When I lived in Michigan, so I was like eight, nine years old. I was roller skating on my sidewalk, and for some reason, my friend who was my neighbor pushed me down, and like I, he started hitting me, and I couldn't get up because I was on roller skates. So my sister came out and kicked his ass. Oh shit! Do you and your sister have a close relationship? Yeah. Damn, really. She fucked that fool up for you. Shout mm-hmm. out to her, yeah. dude. And then you got two, uh, two nieces and nephews. Yep. How two are they? Each. Oh my god, they're little bastards. <laughs> uh, uh, my oldest uh, nephew, Kane, he's cool. He's uh, kind of mad at the world and he knows everything. Mm, so that, like a typical kid. Yeah. Got you. Um, my oldest niece, I think she's 12. I don't know. I'm horrible with their ages now. Yeah. They're all the same. She's a, She is a drama queen from hell right now. So typical teen girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like premature drama queen. Really? Like she should still be like doing little girl stuff. Not, TV, bro. Yeah. Cell phones have ruined everything. YouTube. And uh, my uh, youngest niece and nephews, they're cool because they're still little kids. Yeah. How often do you spend time with them? A couple times a week usually. Dope, man. What do they call you? Uh, Chris, Uncle Chris, and... Well, my youngest nephew, he's kind of weird. I don't know why, but lately he's been acting like he's scared of me and he just like runs away. No shit. So I've just been kind of playing that up when he looks at me. I like give him a... Probably you did that snappy hand shit to him, bro. (laughs) Like I just give him a stare until he hides. (laughs) Dope, man. Cover with fear. Oh, shit. Yeah, I see why he's scared now, man. I don't know. I think I scare a lot of little kids. You're a scary dude, Chris, but you're a softy inside, man. I know it and I see it. It's a gift. Yeah, it definitely is. Dude. I mean, the scary part. <laughs> so, guys, if you need a transmission done, please, please check my guy out. Really, really great dude. Um, we've spent a lot of time together. And every time we hang out, this gets better than the last, dude. And I look forward to next year, man. It's going to be a really, really good time. Yep. So before we get out of here, bro, um, where can people find you at? And if they want to use your services, what would be the best way to contact you? Best way to contact me is email, which you can find through my website, which is www.wd-r.com. And my email is chris at wd-r.com. I'm on Facebook at Whoopie Doo Racing. That's... God, you had to spell it out. I'll put it below. Don't worry about it. All right. Facebook, Whoopie Doo Racing. IG at Whoopie Doo Racing. And uh, all the forums as Aquafina. <laughs> Aquafina in the building, yes, guys. Bring the forums back. Yeah, I, I would love to, man. Um, I've had this conversation many a times, you know. I said the only way that the forums are going to come back is if there's a app or a possibility of uploading st- photos and directly. videos directly mm-hmm. because if you have to use a third party 
nobody's gonna do that. Yes, I mean, I, I'm I'm on high attack every day, um, but that's just because you know I'm on my computer every day to yeah. answer emails. But most people don't even touch the computers anymore. Yeah, dude, no one's gonna do that, man. So, guys, make sure you check out my guy Chris Whoopie Do Racing. We'll have his info below and. Um, Chris, thank you for stopping by. I really appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. Of course, dude. And uh, I wish you a safe travels home, dude. And yeah, I, I look forward to seeing you next time and we'll have a good time. Yeah. And I just want to leave everyone with one final thought. You know, just really ponder it, put some thought into it. And that is, what if the hokey pokey is what it's all about? That's your thing. It is. That is. Guys, let them know what it's all about. Let Make me sure know. you hit them up, shoot them a DM, and let them know what the hokey pokey is all about. I, I want to hear it. <laughs> Guys, whoopie doo racing, Chris, my guy. Episode 111. We out. Peace.